You are listening to the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA, an educational service agency that supports school districts in eastern Iowa with a focus on equity, excellence, and efficiency in education for all children. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the EdTech Takeout. My name is Jonathan Wiley and I am joined once again by my co-host and partner in crime, Mindy Carney. How are you, Mindy? Good, how are you? I'm good. We're back at iTech. We are back at iTech, and I believe there'll be no technical difficulties. You remember from, I'm sure you remember from last year about how my microphone stopped recording, and therefore we had to redo our whole episode of our, um, the whole iTech episode last year. Yeah, yeah I remember. Um, so <laughs> we got Still it living it down. Yes. Yeah. Still living it down. It's yeah. becoming like a, an annual thing now that we're uh, podcasting at iTech. So this is, is it our, annual if it's only the second one? The second annual podcast at the iTech okay. conference. Maybe next year. Let's call it annual. Yeah. Okay. We're still together by then. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, iTech today. And we're um, super excited because later on um, in the episode, we have Tammy Lind, who is coming to kind of share what she's doing, what she's sharing during iTech. And also we'll have... Um, the one, the only, Tony Vincent. Mm-hmm. He's going to come and share some cool stuff, too. So uh, really honored to have them here at iTech with us. But like I said, they'll be here a little bit later. So do you want to hop into the main course? Yeah. So I thought what we start with uh, today is um, some tips for attending um, EdTech or educational conferences. Right. I noticed that one of the sessions that they had on today actually started at 7.30 today. Ooh. And that was for people who are new to iTech. Oh, to give them an, an orientation and kind of a what to expect and navigation and stuff like that. So hmm. maybe we thought we'd uh, jump in with uh, maybe just a few pointers or things that, that we do when we approach uh, these types of conferences for, for our own learning. Because right. we're, we're here for learning too. Yes, right. Yep. Um, so you've probably attended a lot more ed tech conferences than I have. What would be your top tip? Um, you start? My first one, I think, is it's kind of a personal one, I guess, for me, or things that work for me is that uh, I try and go see something that challenges what I what I believe or what I mm-hmm. like or what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. just to try and uh, push me a little bit outside of my my comfort zone and maybe to give you an example I don't know if it was last year or the year before but uh, Mike Matera was here yeah for all the gamification stuff yeah and I don't know if I ever fully bought into gamification and I think part of that badging badging are you bashing badging I'm not bashing badging (laughs) I'm just saying that I needed some convincing still a little I, I think for me personally, I don't know if that was a motivating thing for me or if that would have motivated me to do a whole lot and right I have a kid who's just growing out of it, but she was very reluctant to play games if there was a possibility that she would lose. Oh, I agree with that. And <laughs> she would rather that. not. She would rather not play the game <laughs> than have the possibility of losing the game. Even just like things her. like shoots and ladders. No, not interested because oh, hmm. possibility of losing. Hmm. And uh, so she stayed away from stuff like that. And she's getting better. She's growing out of that stuff. But yeah. I think if she was exposed to gamification really early, oh, then yeah. I don't think it would have been good for her. her. She probably. would have uh, found that kind of intimidating or something. So yeah. things like that. It's just an example. I try and go see things that will uh, make me think differently about things I already have opinions on. Yeah. So... Um, what about you? Do you ever do things like that? Um. Well, what? Play games that I can't win? No. 
Because you're a winner. <laughs> I am a winner. <laughs> no, I would say um, the biggest thing, and even if this is if you aren't at a conference, but you know that it's going on at the time, is to follow a hashtag um, on Twitter. And I think that even if you're not a Twitter user, you can um, just search that hashtag. So you could do hashtag, and um, the iTech one is iTechIA. And uh, just kind of following that because it's really interesting, I think, to see people's different takeaways. And you obviously can't get to all of the different sessions, but... Uh, if people are sharing on Twitter their learning or aha moments, it's kind of an easy way to grasp little nuggets from them. Um, and a lot of times presenters share out resources and things like that. So it's a nice yeah. way to kind of um, gather as much information as you can, even if you're not attending. So that's probably my number one tip. Yeah. And I think, yeah, even if you're not attending, because one of the conferences that we like to try and get to in the summer is ISTE, mm -hmm. which is a really big conference this year. It's in Chicago. We've right. have mentioned that once or twice in previous episodes. Right. Um, but they even have a hashtag called not at ISTE. Right. And uh, if you're not at ISTE, you can follow along with that hashtag. And it's people talking about things that are related to what's going on at ISTE, but they are just not at ISTE. So, right. uh, and sometimes it's just lots of sad faces. Sometimes it is. Sad just, gifts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> people uh, ruining the fact that they are not there, but not everybody right. can go to these Right. different conferences or right. get the opportunity to go. So following the hashtag is a great tip, Mindy. Thank you, Wiley. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, another tip I've got is, um, and this is uh, something I could very much re resonate with, and that is to have a, have a good system for taking notes that you can refer back to later in the year because right. I guess it doesn't really matter if this is like uh, digital or analog, but... Some kind of system that you can take notes on the sessions you go to and um, find them later. Because um, mm -hmm. I think finding notes is always a hard thing. I mean, for a while there, I was taking notes in Google Docs, and my Google Docs were just like random and all over the place. And I, I couldn't find any of them. And part of that problem was because I didn't organize them and put them into folders and mm -hmm. make them with titles that could be searchable. Sometimes it was just untitled doc. And it's like, how many, right. how many of those do I have in my Google Drive? But um, Truth. <laughs> truth. I know I could do a good search for that right now. Um, so I need a, you need a system, I think, for fa taking notes and that's maybe searchable and easy to refer back to, um, whether you're putting those in a three-ring binder or whether you're putting mm -hmm. them in your Google Drive or Dropbox or, or somewhere else. Um, I personally use OneNote. I think it, it works well for my system of organization and right. I've already got that set up and good to go. So works for me. What do you use? Um, I am more of an analog note taker. So, um, I like to just jot things down and come back to them. Um, I think it was last iTech last year. I tried to do a little bit of sketch noting, um, which is kind of one of my ways of stepping outside the box. So I like mm. to do analog notes, but I'm not real comfortable with drawing and like stuff like that. So it was kind of a way for me to try something new, but also uh, do some note taking. But to add on top of that, I would say, and this wasn't one that I'd previously thought mm. of until you were saying that, but to travel as lightly to the conference as you can. So like right now my backpack, I have my iPad and I have my MacBook, which I wouldn't normally do if I wasn't presenting. Yeah. So carry as little with you as you can to get by. Yeah, absolutely. Because we've, I mean, that as well as that, you've got, the end of the day. You've got right. charging cables, you've right. got dongles, yeah. you've got yeah. <laughs> all kinds of backup stuff that yeah. you need just in case because you're presenting. But I'm going to Florida in a week or so right. for iNICO and I'm just planning on taking my iPad yeah. because uh, 
I think that's going to be the easiest and lightest way for me mm-hmm. to travel and yeah. get around. Yeah. Yeah. When I went to South by Southwest last year, the only thing I took was my iPad. And I'm like, I am going to do this. I'm totally going to. And the other thing, let me add one more thing, is like one of those battery packs, those rechargeable battery packs. Ooh, yeah. Good tip. You have to have one of those. Yeah. Sometimes when you go to conferences, you go visit the vendor hall people and sometimes yeah. those are, are given away. But sometimes they're clearly. not. Yeah. You can buy a rose gold one from TJ Maxx, FYI. $10. Speechless. <laughs> Hashtag speechless. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else have you got, Mindy? Um, let's see. As oh, well as battery packs. Yeah. Besides the battery pack, um, kind of setting a purpose. So uh, I think that like you had mentioned about something outside the box or if you have some initiative in your school district, setting a goal for yourself. Um, so let's say my school district is going to standards-based grading maybe all of the sessions that I attend are revolve somehow around standards-based grading, or I have that lens every time I walk into a session. So if I'm um, listening about an ed tech tool, how could I um, share this with other teachers with a standards-based grading lens? So mm-hmm. kind of keeping that in the back of your mind so that it doesn't become just a bunch of random tools or information that you've received, but somehow kind of just viewing that through with your purpose and your goal in mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think a lot of schools will send teachers to places like this with kind of the expectation that they look at it from that kind of view just to uh, see what new learning and ideas they can uncover when they're mm-hmm. here at the conference because there's so much going on. It's You can't see it all. So you have to kind of narrow that down and put some kind of focus or path on your learning for yeah. the day. So I think that's uh, that's a great tip. Yeah, and if you come across someone that was is really inspiring to you or you really connect with, like go and meet them after and go shake their hand and say, Hey, you know what I mean? Like yeah, make yeah. a connection with them because for the most part, presenters are really happy to hear, Oh my the stuff that I shared really connected with you. So Yeah. yeah. Establish a relationship, right? Yeah, and yeah. note to self, next time I do meet one of those people, I have to remember to introduce them to Mindy. Oh, good. I'm glad we're bringing that up. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's <laughs> shelve that one for now, yeah. then. Uh, okay, so a couple more tips we have here. Uh, one was to uh, make time for personal reflection, because I think that goes back to my other point about taking organized notes and, and things like that, because... Um, if you don't ever look back at these notes mm-hmm. and take some time to process what's going on, um, then the learning the learning you get here is going to be less impactful. Right. And um, it's just it's just good to find some time somewhere in the day. Sometimes I'll go to a conference and I'll sit out of a session just so I get time oh. to look through my notes yeah. and unpack a little bit yeah. because you know later in the evening when you're getting dinner or going to events and stuff like that then you get less time for that and before you know it it's all lost in the shuffle so yeah um you're taking that learning back to your district so mm-hmm. unpack it a little bit before you get there and uh, see if you can translate it for people to yeah. show them what you learned yeah and i think that kind of was my last thing too is just that i think it's really important for you to share um, back in your district. So sharing is caring. And it might not be sharing all the information or even like, you know, creating this PD session for an hour that you share everything that you've learned. But, um, you know, if you're in a leadership position of some sort in your district, you might work with a lot of different teachers and maybe finding one little thing that really kind of resounds with you like, oh, this would work really well with this teacher. And I'm just going to send them this one little thing and say, hey, um, 
But no, so I, I think it's important to kind of share those things. Maybe not everything, but finding a tool that you really think one teacher might um, use and use effectively and sitting down with them and kind of talking about your ideas. All right, so we are pleased and uh, excited. Honored. And honored. Honored. To welcome to the podcast uh, the one and only Tammy Lind. Mm-hmm. How are you, Tammy? I am good, thank you. Do you want to uh, introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about you and who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Tammy Lind. I'm an um, instructional coach in the South Milwaukee School District, just outside of Milwaukee. And... Uh, I work kindergarten through eighth grade mostly, but then sometimes I venture in to the high school when they need additional uh, support. She's right. my amazing Minecraft mentor. Yes, we I Minecraft. pretend to know things about Minecraft. Tammy actually knows things about Minecraft. Or I go and ask a second grader yes, and then right. they help me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Mindy, I don't know if you know this or not, oh. but uh, Tammy is no stranger to podcasting. Oh. I used to listen to Tammy's you podcast did? way Aww. back when. Yeah. Yes. She used to uh, podcast with uh, a friend of yours. Who's that? That would be the infamous Chad Kafka. <gasps> you used to podcast with Chad Kafka? I did. And Judy Epke and Chad and I had two different ones. We had one called Mobile Reach oh. that focused on all mobile technologies and then we switched over to one called Teacher Tech Talk, I think it was called, and we it was neat. We actually had Tony Vinson in. Oh, um, he wow. came in and yeah. guest podcasted with us, and it was a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of work. I give you guys a lot of a lot of credit it's for doing for this. It's work for one of us. <laughs> the other. <laughs> as long as you have someone on the team that does the work, yeah, it's right. good, right? Yeah, I just ride on coattails. We talked about <laughs> Chad Kafka last night. Did you know that last year for um, iTech on the Goose Chase, one of our things, um, one of the obstacles that you had to attain was you had to tell a joke and Chad Kafka had to be the punchline. Did you yes, know that? He knew that and he yes. did. Yes. So fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Jeez, what does that look for? No, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if he, would that be Tammy's podcast and Chad's kind of like a sidekick on I that? I think so. Is that how that would go? I think that how, that's yeah, how that works. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chad likes to... Uh, Call me Wiley sidekick. Tease Mindy a little bit, yes. Yeah. So. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tammy, tell us about what you're uh, doing here at iTech. What have you got on the cards? Sure. I have sessions that are pretty googly this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, one of my favorites is the arts and culture. And that one, I believe, is first. Yes. I should know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that is actually uh, at 11.15 today. And... If you haven't used the arts and culture, check it out. Actually, there was a major update on Tuesday. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and I was teaching it Tuesday. So, oh, of course. <laughs> with some teachers, and it looked one way when I taught it, and I went to get ready for this session today, and it looks different. Oh. Um, there's just some wording changes along, oh. the, along the outside, so the, oh. there's no projects anymore. Um, but I really, I really enjoy that session. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about Google Keep, which I think is one of the probably most underutilized Google tools that are out there and available in our domains, so our school Google accounts. Uh, I'm excited about Google Keep because I'm a special ed- educator, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's such a good organizational tool, so I, I'm really excited about that one. So your students have access to Keep, too? We do. We good, use yeah. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we use the color coding. We use the location-based reminders a lot. We're really yeah. getting into using the extension and the ability to add it to a doc. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so that's this afternoon. Um, 
And then we're doing some expedition and Google Earth and Maps thing things tomorrow. So that stuff's always fun. I think it's really popular right now, isn't mm-hmm. it? All yep. the uh, the expeditions for sure, but. Uh, the new Google Earth. I haven't spent a whole lot of time I with the, with the no. Google Earth for the web. Right? It's beautiful. Yeah. What yeah. kind of things are different or new or exciting on there? Uh, well, just the fact that it's web-based is a right. huge deal, especially mm-hmm. for right. those of us that are in Chromebook districts or, or predominantly Chromebook. Um, just, you know, the look of it is is very different, very clean um, over the the installed version of Earth. Um, they have, and I'm I'm drawing a total blank on the um, projects that they have. So you can go in and you can visit Jane Goodall uh, as she is doing research um, on gorillas, and they have a whole project based around that. Huh. And I'm I'm drawing a blank on the name of it, um, mm. but they have a lot of that things those things built in. Tour Builder actually works now with Google Earth. And so if you've never used Tool, Tour Builder, that's something you should check out for sure. Yeah. We'll hmm. talk about that in the last, in my last session tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. I think when people think about, like, especially Google Maps and Google Earth and things like that, they think more about uh, social studies and using them in social studies. But you've probably got some ideas for using them a little bit wider than that and more, more cross-curricular. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think that is something... Kind of a mistake that we make is that we limit it to social studies and mm-hmm. and map skills, and it's so much bigger. Um, I'm really excited about using it uh, for writing and just really getting that in-depth descriptive writing mm-hmm. uh, using Earth and, and expeditions too. Um, we have expeditions in my district. We've been using it. This will be our second year, um, but I think it, it just like you said, it is so underutilized, and, and the assumptions always made it's a social studies thing. Yeah, it can be used in math, you know, for mapping skills and measuring, and um, it it it's pretty neat, and it's just getting better. I think that's what's impressive about it. Mm-hmm. I think even like when I think about like some of the read alouds I used to do with my my fourth grade class, it, it would, they'd be talking about places that kids didn't even have a concept of, mm-hmm. of where that was or what that looked like, but just to, to bring that up on a map and see like a 3D kind of flyover or vision of, of what that looks like really helps kind of cement some of that learning. Yeah, I'm thinking Flat Stanley in my head. Like, wouldn't it be fun to like track your Flat Stanley? People still do Flat Stanley? Yeah, do they? I don't know. I think so. I, I think so, because so, that would be super fun too. Yeah. Track your route on Google Earth. Where's Flat Stanley today? Mm. Yeah. 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 Called, sorry, She's got it going on over there. <laughs> I do. It's been bothering me what that was called. It's called Voyager. I apologize. Voyager. Yeah, it just... It's, so that's the name of the Jane Goodall project? Or so what's, what, no, what is what Voyager? Voyager is, it's a whole uh, grouping of projects. So I'm looking at one that says hiking in Honolulu, and then it has uh, Street View that you can go, and you can actually want to hike in Honolulu. Uh, and it provides all sorts of information on whatever topic you're looking for. It's searchable. Mm-hmm. It's searchable by um, topic. It's searchable by f- for education. They have specific education. So how do you add that in? Because I have um, shared Tour Builder and stuff. How does that get added into Tour Builder then? What's the... You know, it just came out. Yeah, so Tour okay. Builder, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Tour Builder, actually, when you go to... When you go to share, you have the option of opening of adding a Google Earth. Got yeah. it. I see. Well, that's nice and easy. Yeah, and that ability just came out um, recently. One of the fun things in Earth is the, of course, because it's Google, 
Um, it's I'm feeling lucky. Oh. And it just takes you to a place in the earth oh. or in the world, and it gives you a description of where you are. And nice. I think what fun for our littles, just to put that in and have them describe what they're seeing. And, yeah, right. Yeah, the new Google Earth, is it's pretty amazing. Hmm. It's beautiful. It's fast as well. I just saw yeah. your. Yeah. You just jumped straight just into a right in. national park in Australia there or something. So yeah, it's very yeah. yeah. And you can put in the you can bring in my maps. You can um, have all sorts of different things. You now can actually add on the mobile version uh, 360 imagery. Um, mm-hmm. So and that I have not played with, but uh, it's just starting. Yeah, I think it makes sense that we're you know in some ways we're moving away from those desktop installed applications and Google being Google with the the power of the cloud that they have just to to harness that and make it work on on lots of devices is going to be really useful for schools. Yeah. Yep. So, Tammy, I have another question for you. Besides those tools, is there anything else that you think teachers should really check out? You got something else that you're like, oh, this is really neat or I wish more people knew about this. I hate to put you on the spot like that. Um, but I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's so much out there. I think yeah. um, it, it's hard. It's hard to make a recommendation. Um, I would say one of the newest things probably is Earth, yeah. just off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, right. Um, I know that uh, in my school district, we're very much focused on student reflection and feedback. Mm-hmm. And so we've been venturing down the seesaw road. Um, seesaw what? I, I know. Everybody, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have been using Recap as well. That's oh, yeah. made by the creators of Swivel. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I'd, I'd love to, to learn more about is Flipgrid. That's something that I know mm-hmm. a lot of people like because you have more, you can have more uh, rich discussions. Yeah. Um, so while it's not a specific tool, I think one thing that we really, especially for those of us that are fortunate enough to be in a one-to-one or a two-to-one you know, we really need our kids to be reflecting on their learning, right? And really talking about that metacognitive. Not, I just knew it because it was in my head. Mm-hmm. How did I know it? And mm-hmm. having our kids verbalize. And I think what's exciting to me is that the technology is allowing even our littles to do it, right? Uh, where they're kind of the forgotten ones, you know, yes. for talking about how they're learning. So that wasn't to dodge the question. It <laughs> no, you answered it. That was great. No, no, I think that's a yeah. great way of looking at it yep. because you know there was a while few years ago where we were looking we were finding tools and thinking all right what can i use this for but now we're thinking right. this is a need where, where's the tools i can find to mm-hmm. to meet that need and uh i'm working working the other way so yeah i really appreciate that i think it yeah. makes a lot of sense yeah it does absolutely all right well i'm sure tammy has uh oh wait i have one more question lots of prep and i have uh, one more question like so what's be- your favorite ed- what's your favorite takeout food since it's the tech takeout, favorite takeout food. I'm a pizza fan. Come oh, on, let's be real. Girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's be real. Yes. But yeah, I did try Uber Eats though. Have you guys done? No, that? what's that? Uber. You guys don't know Uber no. Eats? Oh, no, my goodness. I don't think we have that here. It's Uber for food. Oh, so what it does is you can get it. I live in Milwaukee, yeah, and so about a hundred Milwaukee restaurants, and I'm to- I'm so wrong on that number. Um, you can actually do takeout from any of those restaurants, and nice. Uber drivers go get it and bring it to you. Yeah, it's, no it's way. my new favorite thing. Yeah, <laughs> yep. That and having groceries delivered, like, yes. I may never leave my house. I love possible. that. Yeah, <laughs> good one. That's so, a winner right there. <laughs> yeah, so I, I need to know then: pizza, pineapple, or no pineapple? Oh boy, oh, it depends. Oh, I'm dodging that question too. It totally depends. If, okay, you know, if you need like a good greasy. 
pepperoni and sausage. No, no pineapple. Sorry. Yeah. If you're just looking for something light and yummy, maybe pineapple. How about you? No pineapple. <laughs> Not a pineapple fan. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tammy, for yeah, uh, coming in. Thank you for in. coming in. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having me. We look forward to uh, checking out the sessions you've got today and doing some new learning. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. So our second guest today is um, the one, the only Tony Vincent. We're super excited to have him um, here today and here at iTech. So as one of our featured speakers. So welcome. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, uh, it's really hard to describe. When I was a fifth grade teacher, I could say I'm a fifth grade teacher. Uh, Now I'm self-employed. I live in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And uh, I do pretty much anything people will hire me to do. <laughs> so that okay. tends to be speaking at conferences sure. or coming to schools and putting on workshops or uh, going to uh, different events and just talking. Really, I say what I do whatever I can to help teachers be even more awesome. Yeah. And for me, my skill set includes a lot of techie stuff. That's mm-hmm. what I'm excited about. Techiness, creativity, and productivity. Good. And Tony, I don't know if you know this or not, Mindy, but Tony is no stranger to podcasting because I was uh, listening to him on uh, Check This Out with Ryan and Brian. Um, We had a little bit of uh, history where Tony has been podcasting for a long time. How long? So long that I that I stopped podcasting a long time ago. It's a lot easier to be a guest on a podcast than to have your own. Yeah, sure. Yeah, makes sense. In in before podcasting was even a thing inside of iTunes, it was you had to use this weird app like called juicer it had something to do with lemon i don't i can't remember the name uh, and you had to do your manual rss codes and uh-huh. so i was talking palm pilots back in 2005 with nice. a podcast called soft reset um, we recorded it over skype and every time it was a pain I had a co-host in michigan uh-huh. uh, that was pretty cool but i got really excited about podcasting with kids and so we at the school i taught at we had a podcast called radio willow web which is a mouthful for yeah, me or kids though. to say. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and it, it was pretty neat. It was when Apple released podcasting inside of iTunes. It was one of two podcasts from an elementary school. You were podcasting here, before so. podcasting was cool. Pioneer. Podcasting yeah. pioneer. So we thought we'd uh, bring you on and uh, have you talk a little bit about the uh, kind of sessions you're doing here at iTech. You just uh, finished up Draw Your Own Illustrations, Clip Art, and Avatars. Is that right? Yeah. I think I might have started with my favorite session first. Okay. Uh, so I just talked to the folks in the session saying, you know, I, I'm not a great uh, drawer mm-hmm. yet, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Of course, One way I'm getting better is instead of actually drawing freehand, is I trace. Mm-hmm. So I have a whole series of images, particularly of me. I have an avatar that looks a lot like me, mm-hmm. and images because I take a picture of myself and then I trace it and fill, make it look kind of cartoony, and then I delete the picture that I've traced, mm-hmm. leaving just my drawing. Yeah. So we can use that technique to make customized maps. Um, for students to, they're making their own illustrations for their projects. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities, but there's also a lot of benefits to being able to draw. You notice details. Uh, I drew and color coded a map earlier this morning with with that, you know, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize there was part of Iowa that dips down so low. And yeah, um, 
Mm-hmm. We talked about some research about how our brains really take some shortcuts when we're when we're looking at things, and that's mm-hmm. why it's hard to, you know, draw something freehand when you're not looking at it because there's all these details that your brain doesn't oh, actually interesting. <laughs> keep, yeah. keep in there. But by drawing and, and tracing, people like scientific diagrams and things, you can learn a lot. Plus, it's soothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, definitely. I, I while I'm watching TV, I do these drawings, and then I have this body of work now I ha- inside the Adobe Illustrator Draw app that's free for iPad or or Android. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have all these things that I can recolor code. I can use again and again. So I have my own bank of clip art drawn by me. It's all original. Yeah, it's neat. Well, and you share a lot of that stuff on Instagram. You have an awesome um, Instagram. I don't know what do you call it? account? Instagram yep. what? What is it? Channel? Channel? It's channel, not a page channel. account. Yeah. Are, I don't know. All that stuff. But so you share a ton of those really great things. And you're doing a session about Instagram for teachers. Is that right? Too? Yeah. I think and, that's the next session next? I'm presenting yeah, okay. uh, later yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that, I, I did a session like this years ago when Twitter was new. Uh-huh. And it's that I think teachers need to see what's out there. Because when you first initially look at Instagram, it's the Kardashians. It's yeah. pictures of people's food. Yep. <laughs> it's yeah. you know nonsense things. Yeah. Uh, shoes and the, wait, hold up, hold up. Are you saying shoes are nonsense? No, that's Let's why I listed back. them separately. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you think, oh well, that that stuff's all great. These artistic photos, mm-hmm. but as a busy teacher, that's not where I'm going to do a lot of learning. Sure. However, you dig deeper and you learn about the right people to follow and the right hashtags to look up. Um, you, there is a really vibrant community of educators on Instagram. And Instagram requires, unlike Twitter, a picture with everything. So it's very visual. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, Twitter, while you can include pictures, uh, tends to be less visual right. and maybe doesn't appeal to so many people like Pinterest might. Mm-hmm. And so Instagram's kind of like Pinterest and Twitter combined together. Yeah. Um, huh. and, and just one of the a side note about what I really like about Instagram is that the conversations are easier to follow. You don't have the 140 character limit. You actually have a 2,200 character limit oh, for your wow. captions and comments. Uh-huh. Hmm. So you can have some real discussions. Yeah. So I'll use these drawings that I make and insert them into these. I call them, uh, it's like bite sized learning friendly, glanceable graphics yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on Instagram. And I think the cartoons help make them appear more friendly and accessible. And I'll share something and then it's neat because then others can comment and say, oh, I've used it this way. Or have you saw, mm-hmm. have you looked at this tool? And uh, I learn a lot by putting sure. it out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to this session because I think it's one of the social media networks that I don't spend enough time on sometimes. I right. mean, I hang out on Twitter a lot. I feel yeah. like I've got a good handle on that, but yeah. um, I think there's a lot to learn about Instagram and uh, making the most of I mean, it. I'm still yeah. on the Twitter side because I can share links. And, yeah. yeah, but right. but yeah. there, there, it, it's a it's a different set of teachers really on Instagram too, or at least the the network that I've made by the people I'm following. Yeah, and there's I've. I've got so many great ideas. Yeah, so Instagram. that's interesting because I I was just telling Wiley too that Instagram I usually use more as a personal thing. I'm not professionally really on Instagram. I try and keep things a little bit separate. Um, so you mentioned hashtags on Instagram. Is there a specific one that you think is great that you could share with us? That well, some of the same hashtags is on Twitter, but yeah. um, I teach oh, so the, okay. just the letter I uh-huh. teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to get specific, every grade level. 
Yeah. So I teach K, I teach oh, first, I okay. teach second, I teach third. I didn't even know this existed. I teach no. middle. No, yeah, you go right. there and there are thousands so, of posts yeah, tagged that way. Okay. It's like first chat, second chat, third chat yeah, on Twitter right. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With, with that one little piece of information now, you can yeah. find quite a bit huh. on Instagram. I'm going to look that up now. Thank you. Mm. That's a good one. So you're also doing something I, I uh, also like to spend a lot of time with, which is uh, getting creative with Google Slides. Yeah. And I think that's one of those tools that people are just – going crazy with right now and using in all kinds of different fun ways with like digital storytelling and uh, screencasting and all kinds of other stuff. So um, what, what kind of things you got to share for that? Well, in, you know, when it comes down to it, Google Slides is just a series of blank canvases. And it used to be called Google Presentations. Yeah. And I'm glad they renamed it um, because it's so much more than presentations. You have these this blank canvas that you can add text, pictures, uh shapes, hyperlinks to. And so that that means that there can be a lot that can be done, particularly with digital publishing, because you can collaboratively make an ABC book, mm-hmm. even with kindergartners <laughs> inside yeah. of Google Slides. It, it can be done uh, pretty easily. Um, students are keeping digital portfolios. You can hyperlink, so you can do choose-your-own-adventure stories. Mm-hmm. And then you could even pull in your own illustrations. Sure. Uh, and then... I show different um, design techniques, too. One of my favorites is making a Venn diagram. I know that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> I but, love Venn diagrams. Uh, well, yeah, but, <laughs> but, but a colorful Venn diagram. So inside of Google um, Slides, you, you draw an oval, and two of them, right? Okay. Duplicate. And then the, the, you go into the fill color. And if you go to custom fill, you can make a halfway transparent color. So if I do... Uh, a red, red uh, halfway transparent oval and a yellow halfway transparent. In the middle, Google Google Slides will actually draw that as orange. So mm. you shut the nice... front door. I did not know that, <laughs> that know happened. That <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And then the uh, the polyline and curve tools inside of Google Slides is pretty awesome. Um, and that kind of goes with my technique that I talked about earlier with Adobe Illustrator Draw in that you can make any shape you want, mm-hmm. really, with these tools. Sure. So I sh- I'll show an example this afternoon in that I uh, I love using icons for everything. Mm-hmm. And the Noun Project is, the nounproject.com is one place I get so many icons. And they have like a million icons. Oh, yeah. They do not have an icon of an overhead projector. Oh. And one time I wanted... <laughs> There's a reason. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted, I wanted an icon of an overhead projector. Uh-huh. So inside of Google Slides, I brought in a picture of an overhead projector and I use the polyline tool. Mm. You click and it makes a vertex. I outlined the, the entire overhead projector, deleted that image from the slide. And then with the polyline tool, it's just like any other object. So I can give it a fill and I can give it a line color oh. and I can make it my own icon. Cool. We're going back to his, uh, his tracing. Uh, yeah, I, right. I, I, yeah. I draw can trace. I'm a great yeah. tracer. I know like it. a champ, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things I like about Google Slides, too, is it's not one of the forgotten Google products because they keep updating it. Right. And, you know, things like Google Calendar hasn't had a whole lot of love recently, but, you know, they came out with the slide sorter view or gallery view or whatever they call that mm-hmm. and the ability to link slides from different presentations and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So that's, Those are just new. 
Yeah, and those are new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and sure. it, it's, it's super simplified. But of course, you know, I tweeted out, say, "Hey, look at this new stuff in Google Slides." And they say, "Well, PowerPoints had that." Since yeah, nineties, right. and that is true. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, what else we got? I, I'm, I guess, I'm curious when I looked at the schedule and I saw an emoji education. And uh, where, where are you going with that one? What, what does that look like? <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm slightly obsessed with emojis, and, and not necessarily emojis, but I'm obsessed with pairing visuals with text. Like anytime I, I can add a picture to something to increase meaning, I I try to do it. You know, mm-hmm. Like dual coding, where mm-hmm. you, have, you have pictures, you have words, and emojis are an easy way to do that because they're typed just like text. So just about anywhere you can type, you can include an emoji, including on a computer. Um, Macs have the keyboard shortcut of, I think it's, command, I, it's I have muscle space, memory right? here. Yeah. Uh, Co- yeah. Command, control, space, control space. space at the same time, yep. and you'll bring up the emoji keyboard. Or Google Chrome, there's different emoji extensions. So you can use emojis when you're on a computer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be just a mobile thing. And there are, I don't think, like 3,000 emojis. There's not one for everything. But trying to symbolize or illustrate with emojis is pretty powerful. So uh, we'll go through a a series of of activities and throw out some ideas. Like one idea that, that I use a lot now is I've thrown out bullet points. And if I ever have to have a list, then I either use an icon from the noun project or I use an emoji to represent each item in that list. Yeah. It makes it visual. Um, it's kind of like people see that and like, oh, I have a list that I want to read because I, <laughs> I what, how does that emoji go with what, what he said? And then if students are the ones generating the list, it takes some thought and care to think about what am I, what emoji would actually go with this? Cause I'm not just going to put a sunglass emoji for no reason. It needs, needs to have a reason. And because you're limited. <laughs> Mm-hmm. by the set of emojis. Sometimes you have to get creative with how you represent. One of the things we'll do is I'll have the audience think of a vocabulary word that they'll be teaching students and then to symbolically represent it with emojis. Mm-hmm. And then they mm-hmm. can bring, bring the, I have some quiz ones I'll do, like, you know, photosynthesis. It's like you have the sun you, uh, emoji, the candy emoji, and a leaf emoji, and an energy emoji uh, all together mm-hmm. to represent that concept. Mm-hmm. And then teachers can use this as uh, kind of a starter to class. They could come in and there'll be this emoji puzzle up there like, whoa, you know, instead of putting up your standards up there, how about you put what we're learning in emojis mm-hmm. and yeah. debrief later. Yeah. Or have students have as an exit ticket express what they've learned as emojis. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a world that students live in and spend a lot of time in. So I could see them being really motivated by that. Yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. I mean, they're happy, they're sunshiny. And, yeah. you know, the first thing I'll do when, when uh, the people come into my co- uh, session is uh, I'll have a poll everywhere ready for them. And I'm just going to say, how are you feeling? Answer with an emoji. Mm-hmm. And poll everywhere will make an emoji word cloud. So I can see, hopefully, oh, all the happy right. faces yeah. will be bigger than yeah, right. other emojis. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And the other idea is that I've been doing some teaching in Google Classroom, and Google Classroom really lacks, lacks the ability to even make text bold or mm-hmm. italicized. Yep. You can't do any formatting whatsoever. Yet, there are places where I want to call attention. I want my students to see this and notice this, mm-hmm. and emojis are the way to do that because yeah, you can break mm-hmm. up everything, make it visual. If you need a bulleted list... If I need a bulleted list, I suggest you do this too, but uh, <laughs> use emojis. Make it visual for your students. Mm-hmm. And a, a little fun fact, uh, ever since I just, I went back through all my tweets to look up the exact date and I forgot, but it's uh, ever since 
I think 2015, every tweet that I've done, I have an, I have given it an emoji to represent what it's about. Wow. Uh. See, you are a pioneer. You. <laughs> I know, look at that. It's not too late, Mindy, for us to go back to our presentations and yeah, change all our bullet points to emojis now. We're going to have to do that before that. And we'll have to credit, credit to Tony Vincent for this spot yeah. idea. Yeah, and, yeah I don't need credit. <laughs> just, just do it and make the world a better place yeah. by making it more visual. Yeah. And Apple's coming out with like 200 more emojis in oh, like the next uh, really? update or something. On yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't remember a single one that's in there. Yeah. I, I, get, I don't like using the emojis right away when they come out because not everybody's computer can render it right yeah. Apple true. adds it and then you got to wait for Microsoft and Google to add those same mm-hmm. ones so they'll mm-hmm. show up as either a combination of other emojis or some sort of code or gobbledygook so yeah. sure. I often avoid at least on Twitter and that I kind of avoid new emojis at first and yeah. give them That's a few a months point. for all the operating systems to catch up because one of the major points tomorrow that I'm or yeah tomorrow when I'm talking about this session is uh there's a big opportunity with emojis and communication. It can boost communication. There's also a big opportunity for misunderstandings. Um, emojis are drawn differently on different platforms. And if you are answering with an emoji, like oh, I'm picking you up at the airport and emoji red car and your car's red, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're on an Android phone. That same, that same red emoji car might be blue on somebody else's uh-huh. phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I'd like a way, like at least the mobile devices. I mean, I'm looking at it here on my Mac. There's like a little search toolbar where you can search for emojis. I wish they had that on mobile devices too. Is there any tips for finding the emoji you you would like? Google Keyboard, Gboard. Oh, yeah. Built-in emoji search. And that's available for iOS and Android. That's what I need. Uh, so you can you can search, uh, but really, I use Emojipedia more than anything else. It has the best search. So you just go to Emojipedia.org in your browser. They'll be in Emojipedia on each emojis page. It tells you what it's supposed to be because mm-hmm. we use emojis differently than what it might mean. Right. Um, like I just saw what I thought was the praying emoji is actually a high five emoji. Oh, two hands going together? For, yeah, really? I saw that somewhere. Now, whether or not emoji? that's true, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or mm-hmm. it's, it, emojis yeah. originated in Japan, so that's the thank you. Oh. Um, so, See? But, so, so what but I read was right Yeah, but people are using it as high yes, fives. right. And that's where, again, communication could be misunderstood. Yeah, right. That's a good um, point. But Emojipedia will tell you what it originally means or all ah. the different meanings, and then it will show you every operating system, and it has an image of what it looks like on every operating system. So you can really see... You know, I put this on Twitter, but how are all these other people going to How's see it? How's it going to be perceived? Yeah. yeah. All right, so your last session that you're doing here at iTech is uh, do-it-yourself study aids and games. And I think if I think back to when people started using technology in the classroom, it was for this kind of thing where they're like creating study guides and things. So what's new in this arena? What what should people be excited about? Well, my, my take on this is uh, that... Who's ever doing the most work in the classroom is probably doing the most learning. And when I was a a fifth grade teacher, I did a ton of work. Like I would prepare these vocabulary games, these Jeopardy games for my students. And hot dog, it worked because (laughs) I learned those words so well. (laughs) I knew all those vocabulary words because I worked with them a lot. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the twist here is that students can make these things. So there are all sorts of websites where students can put in, a lot of times it works great with vocabulary, put in vocabulary words and then play around with those in different ways. So something as simple as creating your own crossword puzzle that you can fill in online. But then it can get more complicated. Uh, uh, 
Like, for instance, uh, Quizlet has introduced Quizlet diagrams. Okay. So you can upload an image and then tag hotspots on there with vocabulary words or where mm-hmm. to do it. And then uh, that's turned into a game. And then you try to match them back up, mm-hmm. match those tags to the picture. Uh, and then there's things like uh, Quiz Is, where you can make your own multiple choice quizzes and turn that into a class game. Uh, classtools.net has mm. a ton Great of one. different uh, games you can make. And one of them is kind of overlooked is called Connect Fours. And this is where students get, get to uh, practice sorting words into groups of four and how they go together and mm. turn that into a game. Mm. Uh, there's uh, purposegames.com, which is a lot like the Quizlet diagrams that I just described. But there's a lot of power in being able to make an image, upload it to the site, and turn that image into a playable game by pointing out places. So it's great for maps. Uh, kind of like visual hotspots or visual something hotspots, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. as if you took ThingLink and turned it into a quiz or a game uh-huh. to try to match the places back up. Quizlink. 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 There we there go. You we go. should do that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's our million dollars right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> go can, go can, get that domain name. Yeah, we right. can retire from podcasting. Yeah. Now. Yep. So, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, um, anything else we should ask Tony while it's here? I have one question. Okay. What's your favorite takeout food? Since this is the EdTech takeout, what's your favorite takeout food? My favorite takeout food? I, Chinese. Yeah. Definitely general chicken. Mm-hmm. You got to have. Do you get that spicy, right? I don't it's think very, Chinese food. It's so fairly spicy. It's spicy, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We just had Tammy Lind on, and she was talking about Uber Eats. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of that before? Like they deliver food to you? Yeah. Yes. You order anywhere. So even if it's not food delivery sort of place, you can use Uber Eats and they will go pick up your food for you. Hmm. Different one, eh? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I want that. Yes, you do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> all right. So thank you for coming on, Tony. Um, where can people find out more about you and find all your stuff online? Uh, my home base is at learninginhand.com. And then you scroll down, you'll see the little icons. Find me on any social media at the bottom of that page. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tony. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed our iTech conference special episode. It is something that Mindy and I always enjoy doing when we go to iTech and we learn new things and we meet smart people like the ones we uh, talked to on the podcast today. We are always grateful to hear any feedback or ideas or suggestions you have around things like this. So you can email us, podcast at gwaea.org. You can find me on Twitter at Jonathan Wiley and Mindy is at Team Carney. And if you are so inclined, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We always love hearing from people and we have one to share with you today. It is from Talon1998 who said, I love the EdTech Takeout podcast. No matter what I'm listening to at the time, I will stop and listen to the latest episode. I have been introduced to so many tech tools through the podcast and both of the presenters have a great on-air personality. Well, I think I can say at least one of us do. So thanks for that and stay tuned for a new episode that is coming very soon. Until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.